Mr. and Mrs. American All the Ships at Sea, Ed Sheen for Colony Confidential. Today we're with Jeff King from the Pest Rangers out of Pennsylvania. What's up, everybody? It's Joey Buns, the Brains. We are fortunate to have Jeff King from the Pest Rangers. You've probably seen him making guest appearances on many of my business trips. Jeff is a good friend. You probably really know him more because he is a national speaker. This is Meet the PMP. Oh, but you are more than a PMP. You got a good business mind just starting on networking meetings. I guess start with how you got into pest control. Started my career, um, actually in high school, I got into photography. I failed it, um, failed three out of four quarters. Started working for a company called Paisano Publications, which published Easy Riders, Tattoo, a group of magazines. I was primarily in the automobile scene. So I did Tailgate, which was a truck magazine, High Beams, which is a car magazine. I freelanced for them for a while, then became like an associate editor. And I travel really the East Coast or wherever they wanted to send me and took pictures of uh, scantily clad models. Had a nice little budget. I was able to pay them. I went on, did some work for Daimler Chrysler, Campbell's Soup, Coca-Cola, and went in and had an opportunity to do some work with penthouse amateurs. And then I realized, you talk about industry disruptors, and it's funny, what's an industry disruptor to photography? But it was digital. Next thing you know, I'm at these events and I'm looking around, I'm going, man, who are these people? Everybody has a digital camera. Everybody's a photographer now. And I just lost interest. I said, it's not a skill. It's not, anybody could do it. It's art now. It's what you bring back to the computer and how you could digitally enhance that. And I says, that's it. I'm out. Left photography, ended up getting a job with the city of Wilkes-Barre. I was a garbage man, hated it. Oh my God, worst job in the world. From there, I bid out of the garbage department, went on to the uh, parks department and took over their small nine-hole executive golf course. And I went to school, short courses through Penn State to learn about pesticides and the green industry. There, I realized that there was opportunity elsewhere. So I started a pest control business on the side. New customers never thought it would be where it's at today. Grew the company from 2008 through 2015, a book called The 4-Hour Work Week, one of the best books. I really put life into perspective, what I was making now, what would it take if I took a risk to get back to where I was at. I remember coming downstairs, I got done listening to the book. I, I can't read, I don't know why, ADD, whatever it is. So I come downstairs, I said to my wife, I'm quitting. She says, what? I said, I'm quitting tomorrow, I'm done. And I was six months, seven months shy of a pension, of a government pension. Walked away from it, walked away from it all. Best decision I made in my life. Do you grew up in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania? I did, yep. Born and raised. So, Jeff, you started the business in residential, commercial, a bit of both. What's your ratio today? So, started in residential. If it was anything commercial, it was light commercial. Because I was working two jobs, I worked seven to three thirty, six to two, whatever it was. When I left the city of Wilkes-Barre, it opened the, the door for me. I could devote all my time now. And we got into to commercial. Now you ask like the split, residential commercial split by revenue or by accounts. I yeah. ask everybody that question and they say, what's your split? And I say, what, what are you going by? Oh, and I get the same response because it, most people think revenue, some go by accounts. If you go by accounts, we have more residential accounts. Commercial, we have a few larger clients that could bump that revenue up. So it could go both ways. Me, I look at it probably 50-50. Guys are looking for information. They'd say, well, how many stops do your guys do in a day? I saw they could do one stop. And, Whoa, how do you make any money with that? 
<laughs> I, just, I shouldn't include them in on that. I swear red days. It's just one stop could be worth a lot of money, obviously it was, and you could do maybe 15 on a good day if you're doing houses, which is a tight route. But yeah, everybody, a lot of guys didn't understand that. For our residential program, we're gauging 10 regular treatments a day with potentially two callbacks chimed in, so like 12 a day, especially in Long Island, which is very similar to Pennsylvania as far as highway driving and less congestion. But the goal, we've targeted certain neighborhoods. The goal is to have one block every day. You try, but it's impossible here. You got two, three acre lots, and then there's only so many homes in those developments. We do our best. Routing is a challenge. It's a challenge for everybody. Really for us, because our model isn't exterior only. I know a lot of companies that do exterior only, and, and we get those calls. Hey, I have a Orkin or I have a Terminex. They come four times. Why do you only come three? And And the easy answer is that I truly believe if they could figure out how to do it in three and tell you that you only need three services, they'd be doing it. But their model has been that way forever. How do they tell you I'm going to charge the same amount and only come three times? That's my answer. My father used this analogy 30 years ago. We're speedboats and those companies are the Titanic. And for us to pivot or turn is easy. And for them, by the time they've made the turn, there's usually something new happening. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So certainly for all of us small operators out there, that's a huge advantage for us. Is You're not just paying for the physical service or that date of service. You're paying for the peace of mind because you're only getting three definite services, but you're warranted all year long. So if a problem arises and it falls within your scope of the package you built, bought, then we come out within... 24 hours, depending on what's going on. So I really think that's the selling point. Thank God Orkin is too stupid to see that. We've really, and I truly believe in it. In our area, our biggest competitor would be Rent-to-Kill Ehrlich. They really are, you know, I'll say they're a great company. Yeah, it, don't forget, Ehrlich started in Reading, Pennsylvania. So they they were local. People think that Mr. Ehrlich lives in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania because he had an office here. And it's not Mr. Ehrlich. You know, we know that. But they are a family name. If you ever get to see the owners speak, they'll tell you their story. And they really built an awesome brand. They took care of their employees. Obviously, things change with the big corporate world. But I look up to it. I want to be like that. And I think they developed a good residential program because you got to know your technician. The technician got to know your kids and your dogs. So there was a relationship there, not necessarily with Ehrlich, but it was with the technician. So it's very easy to fire the company. It's just a company, but it's hard to fire Ted or it's hard to fire Rich. Like they get to know that person. So we had an acquisition in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, exterior only three times a year, one service on the interior. The people don't know us. They have no idea. We don't get referrals there. We could track it. But I could tell you now, when we get into these people's homes and we talk to them, next thing you know, we're doing 10 family members. So organic growth has been huge for us. I, I could tell you right now, 2008 started the Pest Rangers. 2009, I got into the phone book. And after that year, I was like, man, I can't do this. This is a lot of money I'm spending every month. Like, I can't even pinpoint. And you want to have the biggest ad. Well, people think different ways. The biggest ad means they're the most expensive company or whatever it is. People weren't even using the phone book. I'm a millennial. I said, it's too expensive. I'm going to go buy two brand new trucks and I'm going to logo them up. I'm going to get more out of it. Oh, you can't. I was like, dude, your job is irrelevant. You're done. You're done. You're not going to be there long. So that year, the phone book went from 
an eight by 11 and it cut it in half. Now the elderly people that are looking at it can't read it. So the phone book's out the door. All my competitors are paying for it. I'm still not in the white pages, yellow pages, blue, whatever. You can't find me. First of all, 2003 in the New York market, you had to spend close to five grand a month to get noticed. It had to be 10 pages of exterminators, pest control, whatever. So I just networked and it was word of mouth. And I, I grew through acquisition. I bought Colony, which was super small. I started working it while I may or may not have been working somewhere else. And then another company came up for sale that I thought was uh, going to be enough monthly to cover my expense. And it wasn't, which is it's the best fucking motivation in the world to, to think you're broke. Forget about being broke. But it is the best motivator ever. So I buy this business. One guy told me he was doing five grand a month. And the other guy told me he was doing 12. The five grand a month was barely doing 2,500. And the 12 was doing about eight. So it just made me go nuts, literally. We had three acquisitions, one in uh, 2014. It was a good acquisition. That was our Hazleton branch. The worst part about it was the attorneys. Yeah, this is going to cost you 10 grand. Then you get the bill, 19 for a $40,000 route. I'm like, come on, this is crazy. So I learned my lesson with attorneys. Second one was in 2015. I did that deal on a napkin at a restaurant. And another acquisition in 2019. So luckily, the three that we've had were, were good. So both my parents came from Ireland. They survived the, the depression here and they just survived the revolution in Ireland. So money was a big thing. And my mother used to run down every week with the cash to the bank. I thought, where are you going? Put this money in the bank. You never know who's going to be breaking in. I'm like, uh, all right, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, money, you were taught money was something to be looked after. Everybody listening out there, however you decide to do your books, your business money is, of course, your prerogative. But I think everybody on here would agree. A credit card is a tool that you monitor, that you get to spend. If you have an American Express, you can't uh, pay over time. So, Jeff, do you have that option on yours to pay over time? They want me to sign up, but there's no reason I pay it every day. I know. I was the same way. And then I turned it on. I turned on the pay over time option, which is with the American Express that we have any purchase over $250, you can then pay over time. But when I used that, when we took on a rather large account, we had to hire five people, and I used, used the credit card to buy as much stuff as possible because I had that 45-day of not having to pay it. Anyway, the point of the American Express or any credit card is to use it, track it, and then when it's due, pay it for when it's due simple quickbooks and the reason i do it is my cash flow what i what's in the bank today is there today it's spot on i'd rather pay a thousand dollars a day in a credit card than thirty thousand at the end of the month my biggest fear is ever making an interest payment i yeah uh, yeah it's my money do you keep a track of your Stocks on your phone? Yep. After January, I stopped checking it two or three times a day. i tell you, I did well with this uh, letter I get. It's called the Vanguard Independent Advisor. I've done very well following this guy's advice. And what I like about this guy, he puts together a group of uh, stocks. And since 1991, he tells you when he lost money, when he made money. And I don't know anybody else that lists everything like that. And I don't know, it's just very honest. And I've done pretty good. I've done well, not pretty good, done well with this guy following his advice. I think that the stock market became discouraging to me with the uh, 
GameStop and AME and all this, like the games that are being played out there. I just, it's a risk. There's a lot of people that lost a lot of money. We touched on this briefly. The majority of the people in the market, especially during this time, are not even close to savvy, don't really understand anything, could really be able to have a conversation about why things increase in value. They read in a blip on social media. I have a guy that worked for me that bought it at 0.004. And at that rate, you buy 10,000 shares, it's like 4,400 bucks, maybe, whatever it comes out. And he made, what is it? How much percent is that? He sold it at 40 something. So even though he only put $1,000 into it, he made a few thousand bucks off that. And that's his first stock market experience. Now, he thinks that's how a stock market works. And he's got, no lie, 72 stocks that he's bought. And uh, we were talking about this, about how many stocks you have and track following them all and tracking them. Yeah, I just split from growth stocks to dividend stocks. So your AT&Ts and, and trying to get dividends. And it's just, yeah, and we talked yeah. about it. your money in the money market. The banks, is, it's crazy. The, there's nothing there. Why take your money to the bank? It's a risk in the market, but you got to look and look at companies and you're better Magic off. Number, magic number is 72. With the dividends, like 6% dividend, your money's going to double in 12 years. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things. NLY pays. I bought. NLY. Yeah. I had that stock for over 20 years. And every time like I look at it, I'm down $16,000. But over that period of time, <laughs> I got way more than that in the dividends. I, I always say people, what's the risk? I go, the risk is, are they going to keep paying that dividend? Because as long as they're paying the dividend, I don't really care what, what the stock does. Joey and Jamie and Eddie can deal with that. What's crazy, what's crazy is they don't teach you this in school. They took I know, I know. The life skills out of school, home, math, shop. They took life out of school. And I really think that they set kids up for failure. Yeah, there is a big push in a lot of communities on whether or not college is worth it. And really, it's a tough call as a parent. That's a conversation that is becoming more and more relevant on the board of trustees that I'm on. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next 10 years. Let's get back to some pest control questions. Jeff. Worst, worst story in pest control. Worst story in pest control. Could be anything. Could be a crazy apartment. I t- I'll, how about worst we could go most challenging? Uh, so we took over a fairly large public housing account. We stepped in, looked at some programs, spoke with them, identified some issues that were going on. And two weeks later, the authority was served with a subpoena federal court for a class action lawsuit on bed bugs. And being that we were there in the door doing some work for two weeks, we were now discoverable in the lawsuit. So it was about two years worth of um, work. We did a lot of work. We cleaned up this place, did a great job. And there was an issue there with bed bugs. There's no doubt. The company that was there before us was doing their part to an extent, but you want to talk about pulling your hair out with subpoenas getting sent our way for records and graphs and why this, why that. It was a crazy two years. Here's one thing. You guys do canine inspections. And if you go into an apartment and at the time of inspection, there was no bed bugs. We learned to have that client or landlord or whatever sign off that you recommend searching the other units surrounding it 
you also recommend a canine inspection and they decline that because if they ever come back at you, you have that paperwork. The paperwork is everything. So it changed the way we do business, especially in bed bugs, because there's a yeah. lot of people out there that think they're going to get rich because of a bed oh, It's a litigious society for sure. So uh, some might say that Jeff King is a marketing genius. You're heavy into video. Why? I'm trying to do or I do what nobody else does. The thing is like old school marketing is your billboard with your number on it. Nobody's running down the road, writing down your phone number. Come on. So why are you wasting your ad space on a phone number that no, they're going to go to Google or whatever. And I went to work. So I was born to work, but marketing is my thing. I love it. Here's the thing too, Joe, like you can do radio ads, right? Let's face it. Seriously. Who listens to the radio anymore? Honestly. Nobody ever has Sirius XM comes in the car. People are listening to podcast or, or Pandora or whatever it may be. And then the same thing goes for TV. People don't realize that when they advertise on TV, your footprint, you could be a small company, you could be a regional company, and your footprint may go to parts of the state that you don't even cover. So that's all wasted money. You're paying for that, but you can't service it. So you're throwing your money away. When you think of advertising, you have to look at who you're marketing to. So you have, if you're going to like a, a talk radio, are those the customer, the ones that are listening to politics that like confrontation? Is that the clientele you want? Do you know what I mean? So you market and figure out who you want as customers. I always say too, we don't discount because I feel that people that ask for a discount are the same people that are going to have you come back a million times. They're, they may complain, but I, I really dive deep into who I'm going to push my advertising to and which route I'm going to go and, and what kind of people I want. I'm very high level looking it over, even to the point of like, why are we running this ad? It doesn't make sense. Pull it. Bed bugs being one of them, Joe. I, it's a waste of money to advertise for bed bugs. Most of the people don't realize the cost of it. You're paying so much for that lead or they're not the ones that are making the decision. It's a landlord tenant thing. So got to really watch. Those are dollars. What would you say your proudest moment has been in business? Honestly, every time I hire an employee and give them an opportunity and I see they go out and they buy a new vehicle or they bought a house or they're doing something for their family, they're gone on vacation. To me, that means a lot because we're a family owned business. We want to be able to provide for a family. We want this to be career. I want career minded people. This isn't a job. As well as I know, it costs a lot of money to train somebody. Pest control. It's not like lawn care. You got a one acre yard, you're going to go spread fertilizer. Done. You go to the next house, it's a half acre yard, spread fertilizer, done. Pest control, every insect is a different treatment. There's a general insecticide that may cover this, but the target targeted treatment is different. So when you get into training somebody, there's a lot. It's not, I'll say it's not easy being a, a technician. And you get hit with the questions and they got to have the answers. And so the job is fun. I think I'm very passionate. I'm excited about the industry, but there's a lot to know. It's not an easy industry. All tools are not made the same. We need digital learning made to suit the pest management professionals. Simpler, friendlier, nice, less intimidating. Find it out only on Nobe. That's G-N-O-W-B-E. Set up a demo on their website today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.